Archimax login confirmed. Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the LodgeCast experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the LodgeCast Hotline. Brother Bishki here to tell you some of the hot upcoming movies we're going to be reviewing. If you see any of these movies and you have opinions about them, then please leave a voicemail at the phone number 1-877-565-1466, where you can call in your brief movie review and possibly be included in an episode. Don't forget to give us your bone count. Here are some of the hottest upcoming movies the LodgeCast will be reviewing. The Woman in the Window, rated R. Nobody, starring Bob Odenkirk. Rated R. Mortal Kombat. Rated R. Once again, that LodgeCast hotline number is 1-877-565-1466. Call toll-free today. Love and light. Hi, it's Stacy Dash, the star of Clueless and Roe v. Wade. Congrats to the LodgeCast on over 104 bone episodes. Now, buckle up. Embrace yourselves for a historic, epic, monumental love and light to you all. God bless. The Lodge Cast is a little podcast where we watch weird Episode 101, Roe v. Wade. Oh my god, what have we gotten ourselves into this time? Hello and welcome to another episode of the LodgeCast. I'm your LodgeMaster with me as always is Brother Bishki. Good morning, Your Honor. Brother Lucas. Unhappy to be here, folks. I (laughs) don't know how you made it through this one, but I'm happy to see you, sweet, sweet boy. And back. After our last faith-based adventure, the completely fearless Sister ECR, welcome back. We'll Woo! never go back. You're you're oh. you're like a weathered soldier. I mean, you did the David A.R. White uh, John Wick knockoff. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Beckman. Yeah. I am, Beckman. I unfortunately missed that uh, episode, but uh, I listened to it, and you were an amazing guest. So I'm very excited for you to be with us <laughs> oh. tonight on this very momentous uh, follow up. Uh, oh, <laughs> spiritual I mean, follow up. <laughs> this is like Terminator Two to Beckman's Terminator. Like I mean, this. I mean, I mean. Here's what here's what's ironic. I haven't even seen Beckman, but I would have given my left testicle to watch Beckman as opposed to Roe v. Wade. 100%. Yeah. 100%. So obviously we're going to be talking about some disturbing things in this one. It's called Roe v. Wade after all. Yeah, it's not for the faint of heart. You have to have a steely reserve. You do. And so if you're not in the right headspace for that, you might want to either save this one for later or skip it entirely. Whatever you want to do with it. With that said... Let's get into this thing. 
just right off the bat, I felt LT's pain hard. Yeah. From the first frame. From the first frame, I, I blinked. And I thought I missed something because it was such an abrupt cold opening. <laughs> yes. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa I got to I got to restart <laughs> whoa, this. Whoa, and whoa, I- whoa, 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 whoa. Before we get into the frames of the film, we have to, there's a few things we have to address. Um, <laughs> yes. Walk us back. Fishy. Yeah. So, OK, so this film, we're, we're both just gnashing our teeth. Buddy, to get at this this film goes back to January of 2019 when a hilarious teaser trailer was dropped <laughs> and I've been keeping on tabs on the movie ever since. And it's been, Oh yes. There's been yes. nothing. There's just, it's just been dead silent for years. ECR. Was it on your radar too? Or were, was this just a personal obsession we were going through? Oh, it just so happens. Brother Bishki knows my, like what would be my obsession. He sent it to me <laughs> yeah. and I was like, hell yes. I would in theory love to see this. And then I actually saw it. Oh, dear Lord. Go ahead, Bishki. Well, Bishki, what's the painful birth, so to speak, of this film? Um, well, do you want me to get into Nick Loeb? Because I can I can give you some background on Nick Loeb. Let's lay all the groundwork for this case. Okay. Writer, director, producer, star, narrator, Nick Loeb of Roe v. Wade. He was born rich into the Lehman family, worked for Lehman Brothers before they collapsed in 2008, worked for Giuliani's 2008 presidential campaign, <laughs> was briefly engaged to Sophia Vergara, I'm sorry, from ABC's Modern Family. They um, created frozen embryos for potential in vitro fertilization. The reason I mention this, this is a key point. ECR is shocked. She doesn't know about this. He's he's that Nick Loeb. He's that one. He's that Nick Loeb. He's that Nick Loeb. Go ahead. Here it goes. They broke up in 2014. In April of 2015, Nick Loeb published a New York Times op-ed entitled, Our Frozen Embryos Have a Right to Live, urging Sofia Vergara to give up the embryos. Um, she obviously kept them frozen, as was her right under the signed agreement, but this factors into the craziness of this man, Nick Loeb. What a psychopath. He's a psycho. Not only that, but his uncle is Edgar Brofman Sr., a billionaire of like the Seagram's fortune, the booze fortune, who at one time owned... Universal Studios, where I think Nick Loeb got his start, like in the mailroom or like producing like low budget genre films or something of the sort. So he's connected like he's not Very connected. Yeah. He is not a nobody. He is like a double heir. Like he's so connected. It's like if Steve Mnuchin had like a handsome son that like, <laughs> you know, was into showbiz. <laughs> so, yeah, Nick Loeb had a dream. He had a dream to make this movie. They set out to do it in Louisiana, and it so happens that a large portion of the crew, and I assume some of the cast, didn't know what they were getting into with this. They didn't know that this was a staunchly pro-life production. Yeah. And some of the crew just walked. They were like, listen, this is bullshit. What are you doing here? Yeah. And there was problems with payroll. They got shut down a couple times. It sounded like a nightmare to try to make this thing, as it should be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, my only awareness of this movie was uh, not from the trailer so long ago, but recently, Brother Zach shared with me 
this really painful, cringeworthy, like, like I just part of my soul died reading it where I think an, a reporter from the Huffington Post reached out to one of the actors. I'm not going to say who just yet, but, but, uh, <laughs> they were like, they were like, why did you do this movie, this project? Yes. And, yes. and the actor, you know, uh, couldn't hang up or run away. They had to like nope. answer the question and they just kind of like, dug their own grave or like, yep. like put their foot so far into their mouth. It like came out their ass that they could like lean back and like sit on. It. <laughs> There's a constellation of fallen stars and right wing lunatics. Rogues gallery of falling, a st gallery. falling stars. <laughs> and it's, it's split right down the middle of, you know, they're either in this because they're a lunatic and they want to ply their trade or they just really need the cash and the actor that that Lucas is talking about clearly, clearly just needed the cash. Definitely, and he didn't yeah. think anyone was going to see this piece of shit. We all got credit and card payments. I mean, look, you can ignore <laughs> yeah. student loans, you can ignore medical bills, but your credit card you have to use, right, to go to the liquor store and, like, buy booze like I do. Um, yeah. So every month you got to pay that balance uh, or the minimum or whatever. And, and, that, and some of these actors, you know, they got kids, they got mm -hmm. grandkids, and I'm sure some of them even have great-grandkids. I'm not positive, but maybe. Voight might, yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, before we jump into the deep end of this thing. What's that shot? Uh, from a Rotten Tomatoes, Dr. Bernard Nathanson and Dr. Mildred Jefferson square off in a Supreme Court battle that leads to a controversial verdict on abortion, period. Period. I don't That's know. It. Wow. That, that doesn't have anything that, to do. That almost, That's, that log line almost sounds scared. Like they're <laughs> like they're scared to really tell you too much because they might lose you. Like, where are you going? Wait, come back. I'm not done. Yeah. Sister ECR, set the scene. Like, how how were you feeling going into this? Did you excitedly press play or were you scared? Were you drunk? Like, what was going on with you? Where where where, where was your headspace? Ugh, my plan was not to watch it in 20 parts, but there was just no <laughs> choice. I rewound it so many times because I Ooh. was like, what were they? Did they say anything of consequence right there? Were they just trading <laughs> quotes for no reason? Yeah. And then, yeah. and then, <laughs> even what what Bishki read right there, I I was waiting for the case, and yeah. there was just this like, oh, lazy. They think they're doing the big short, but it's more like a cheap How I Met Your Mother narration. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Unaware. We gotta talk. Uh, we gotta talk we got to talk a little bit more about Nick Loeb, actually a lot a bit more, because he's the first face you see. He plays the 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 main <laughs> character, Dr. Nathanson, and he narrates this thing. It, it really brought to mind Dinesh D'Souza with just this smug, flat narration mm -hmm. that he's incompetent at acting and VO delivery. He looks, he looks and sounds like Kevin from repo man, who is like the grocery store <laughs> stock boy who like yes. threw a party at his parents' house and was like, you're not supposed to be in here guys. Like this is my parents' room. Like that is his performance mode. Well, speaking of not supposed to be in here, he's not supposed to be a leading man by any stretch of the imagination. Say what you will about his directing and his script. But this guy is just, 
He's awful. Like, I didn't even know that it was Nick Loeb, but I knew that it was Nick Loeb just because it was so bad. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, we got a Verotica uh, yeah. Dickland Danzing on our hands. Yeah. But yeah. Who, yeah. who knew he was supposed to be the bad guy? No one's ever heard of this doctor. No, you know, sure. we don't know. We, there's no setup. It, I'm walking into it blind thinking, there's Roe literally v. Wade. no setup. It just starts. The movie just starts. Yeah, he's a doctor. And then you're on the bad side, but you're on this like conspiracy side and yeah. set it up. Why isn't this guy good at setting it up? He's had his whole life and his his whole <laughs> world like uh, lead up to this moment. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be like Louise Linton, but he's not. He's actually like also not good at anything in a way more pedestrian way. Like there's no story. There's no. I have no idea who the bad guy and the good guy is. He's the filmmaker. He's the obviously the one we're supposed to be watching. And then he's also the bad guy. (laughs) Well, that's a key element of this is that most of the energy went toward building up the pro-choice side and kind of lampooning how evil they all are. The grand conspiracy. Yeah. Yes. And they... Nick Loeb and his cronies are clearly getting off on cosplaying as these founders of the pro-choice movement, because that's what almost the whole movie is before it takes a very, very hairpin turn at the end, which we'll get to. But just right off the top, there's like 9,000 executive producers on this. Like think (laughs) of all the dirty, dirty corners of the nation that they had to go to. Because they they shot on location in certain scenes like in DC, which doesn't come cheap. Very briefly. Yes, but it doesn't come cheap. Like, you know, you've got to get the permits, you got to get the transpo, you got to have a base camp, you got to shoot those actors in front of that monument or whatever it is, you know. Yeah. And speaking of which, the scenes that they do, like, well, I should say the shots that they do in front of the monuments in D.C., they clearly only got one take or had time for one take because yeah. there are flubbed lines <laughs> that just that just play. They just play on through. It kind of makes me think they stole some of them. I don't think they got permits for everything. I don't think yeah. they did either. It's just, you know, John Voight's just walking out into the frame. He just happens to be there. I'm sure he lurks around there anyway like yeah. in his free time. So he's probably a normal but, but, but this, But there. what we're all saying is that this was definitely student feature certified. Ooh, student feature certified. I have to tell you, the lodge mistress was watching with me and she's like, this isn't even student feature certified. This is middle school student. <laughs> feature certified. Ah, that is actually true. That is fair. I will. I will agree with that. I, I co-sign that. Yeah. So I, I mentioned Dinesh. It definitely feels like a Dinesh film, but the reenactments are longer. <laughs> that's that's basically it. But he freeze frames the movie every three minutes oh, to just it, like, give you some commentary. And you know yeah. what this is? This all stems from all the jabronis seeing The Wolf of Wall Street and being like, oh, man, this movie's amazing. Like, I've got a freeze frame with voiceover, too. And the big short, like ECR mentioned. Yeah. Like, it's totally just cribbing that. I listened to a few interviews with him, and he was talking about the big short constantly and how his film was <laughs> oh. mirroring it. And, it, oh. and he also... Oh. Oh. 
And he also talks about Oliver Stone's JFK. Like it's no. like, but here's what's this funny: is Oliver his, Stone's JFK. His physical, his physical production skills, his technique is so inept that the editing or sync is off. So sometimes the, there'd be a scene that would just freeze frame. And I and yeah. there would be like no VO and I'd be like, oh, did my shit freeze my Internet? Out? And then like the, <laughs> yeah, the voiceover yeah. would kick in and I'd be like, oh, it's OK. I just thought something happened that a wasn't shocking amount of a shocking amount of movies we cover on this podcast. Uh, there's a question as to whether or not our technology has frozen. But no, that's the movie. It's hilarious <laughs> that we keep running into that. Yeah. And our, fir- our first freeze frame is on the actor who did do that interview, Jamie Kennedy. Jamie Kennedy shows up as the founder of NARAL in a performance that can... Only be described as Jerry Lewis. My lady, my glavin. Oh, oh my <laughs> lady. Oh, my God. We're going to make so much money. That's, chari- that's charitable. I was going to say Jewish minstrel. Mm-hmm. And it is hard to look at, hard to hear, and literally fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah, he knew what he he knew what he was doing 100%. At one point, he actually says that he controls the media. We control the media. Get real. We do. They write whatever we tell them. We tell them what to say. It's great. (laughs) Like, yeah, he needed the money, obviously. And now his name is going to be shackled to this forever. And I hope it haunts him forever. Yeah. Great job, Jamie. Yeah, it's definitely like not a skeleton in your closet. It's like a skeleton on your coffee table. Like right when people walk in, you're like, damn. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I hope it's a skeleton on his coffee table forever. His first big line, he just kind of looks to the heavens and says, I say we go for abortion on demand. (laughs) (laughs) And he he says, we got to get the full enchilada. Oh, my God. (sighs) But anyway, we smash cut from Jamie to Planned Parenthood founder Margaret Sanger in front of a burning cross at a KKK rally in 1926. Very Dinesh. Very Dinesh. Very didn't happen. But yeah, Um. (laughs) I mean, who's going to defend Margaret Sanger? Like, you're not. That doesn't matter. You know, they're, they're just so dead set on telling you. Well, this person agreed, you know, Charles Darwin. And they didn't say Charles Darwin, but I'm no, surprised but, they didn't. But, but what's <laughs> fucked up is so, yeah, there's that scene. But then like later at the end of the movie, it's like he's again, he's like so insecure. He's like showing this bibliography. There's like there's images of books and it's like the Margaret Sanger KKK scene. Page 109. Page 109 is when it happened. And you're like, <laughs> and page 109 of what? It's like, what a huckster. You oh. know? So you'll get that smug narration where you can't trust anything this guy says. He, no. The, he mispronounces words, like, just on a technical level. Uh, every time he said Supreme Court justices, I lost my mind. Like, it's the laziest narration you've ever heard, let alone the fact that all of this has a very tenuous connection to the truth. But thank God Kelsey Grammer's daughter, Greer Grammer, is on hand to play one of the no. lawyers. Oh, is that, is that wow. who she was? Oh. <laughs> Was she the big poofy haired one or was she the wait they the both had poofy bad hair. wig? The one with the no, long she, hair? Long the long hair, yeah. Oh. The dinner they table. all had bad hair. Yeah. They all had bad makeup. They all had Oh uh, yeah, they had this outfits. like 70s filter. That's it. That's all the work we're gonna do for 70s. Like we had they had one car like a few 70s cars and they're like, that's it. That's, that's our yep. stage. I read I read a review that somebody wrote where they said the aesthetic can be described as 
well, the 70s was sure orange, wasn't it? Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's basically it. Yeah, they did not go above and beyond to like, even the signs. Someone, you know, they had these keep abortion legal signs. It wasn't legal. Like, why would yeah. you have this? Why, why not? The, no, there's no um, <laughs> continuity person on. No, they all walked off. And then the, I think the continuity person probably walked off first because <laughs> nothing really matches up in this. Oh. Uh, we get we get our big right wing pundit uh, debut with Stacey Dash. Yeah, she's here, and her. that really kicks off a rogues gallery of these these right wing pundits that are gonna be just jumping around the corner like frights at a haunted house. Man, Stacey yeah. Dash's performance mode was like cyborg assassin from the future oh. here to terminate you what, like what was going on there what was going on there it, it felt like she was in a different movie she was like in the erotic thriller version of the movie you know where she's <laughs> yes. about to like murder everybody like illegal in yes. blue yes. her erotic thriller yeah the, bo- the body of evidence version of roe v wade was definitely what she thought she was in and she's supposed to be an actor like that's her supposed trade you know and she's she might be one of the worst actors in this. Yeah, no, she was like phoning, faxing it in. Like, I don't know where she was, but yeah, she was not present. I mean, this is barely a movie. It's like it's one of those things where every character is clearly just an artless mouthpiece for whatever Loeb, Nick Loeb's thinking, you know, like whatever he wants to put into this. It's either that or it's straight ripped from transcripts of parts of the trial that they just like move around Mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel like a movie. I don't even know what it feels like. It's like the opposite of art. It's like JFK, like porn parody without porn. Like it's. (laughs) Yeah. I was just thinking like, if you're an actor, you really, you know, have no excuse to say yes to it. If you need the money, because what you can do is go to conventions or go to like do cameos or like personalized messages or whatever and make money through your own website and do it that way. Because trust me, it's not worth it. Like the juice is not worth the squeeze on this one. This is forever. I let out a woeful whoa when Joey Lawrence (laughs) shows up. You guys, man, Joey Lawrence. I was so excited to see all these Jeff Bezos Lawrence. He looks weird. Testicle head. He's had a lot of financial hardships lately. But like you said, Lucas, there are far better ways to make money. Joy Lawrence's performance mode was Nation of Islam, like Malcolm X, like quoting, you know, famous people like uh, Mindy Kaling from A Wrinkle in Time. (laughs) But very smooth. Like, I, I believe you just called him testicle head. That is not far off. Like, the man appears to be completely hairless and, like, aerodynamic. He looks bizarre. And to see yeah. him in this, uh, Joey. And he is a professor and he takes us to school many times <laughs> and tells us exactly when life begins and but much else. I, I, I don't understand. Like, they they have all these arguments in their head and all these yeah. right wingers. Right. And then they have no idea how to get them out there because they've obviously had these conversations in their head, too. And then they still mess them up. I had. Yeah. I was trying to watch it and I felt like I was, you know, when you're half watching a police procedural, yeah. so you can't keep up with all the names. But there was legit dialogue that made that was here's a quote from this person. You know, Susan B. Anthony said this. Therefore, you shouldn't like abortion. Also, 
this other thing happened with the the lawyer. There was no dialogue, like conclusion. I didn't understand anything that yeah. happened. So that if he, here's a line that I I want you guys to explain to me because I was so confused. <laughs> so we'll so Joey Lawrence. And uh, Joey Russo and uh, Dion were talking to each other and they were like so shocked that the other side came up with pro-choice. Joey Lawrence or Dion said, why didn't Jane Roe give up her baby for adoption? The other one said, because there's a long wait list for white babies. And then the other one said, so it was political. I, I, I cannot make sense of what they were trying to go for in that moment. <laughs> I don't think we're going to be able to help you there. No, no. I, I and that's, that's a fair assessment that. of like every scene. And I think <laughs> the way you watched it was probably under the best ideal conditions and, and, and fits and starts because it's so fragmented that like to try to watch it straight through would make you feel like you're going mad, like losing time or skipping through time or going back in time. Like it's just. It's a wrinkle in time. It's kind of a, it's a wrinkle. <laughs> but we have, we have to go through chronologically and we, we, we enter with Loeb into the crash center for reproductive and sexual health center with this kook, kooky jazz music playing. And, and one of the most vile scenes in the film, disgraced human being Milo Yiannopoulos shows yeah. up teaching a new abortion technique on how to do abortions faster. It's mm. one of the most vile scenes of, of film history. Yeah. And not for the way that they want to portray vileness. No. It's, Vile it's portrayal. What yeah. they're doing. <laughs> That's mm. vile. D Milo, glad he's getting some work. Now he needs work. He's like, remember his auction? What were we talking about his auction? Bish the Brother Bishki. He had some awesome auction. He had to give away his like gold plated. He's disgraced. Uh, he's completely disgraced. So glad he's back. This yeah. is the bottom of every barrel. Like to see this jaunty music montage featuring the booming business of abortion and to have Milo show up as just this gleeful abortionist. Like, Ugh. you know, he thinks it's hilarious, but ugh, every scene in this movie made me want to take a shower. Yeah. Oh, so the way they established Jane Rose story is also completely shameless. And uh, I know a few of us have watched AKA Jane Roe, the documentary. Watch it. It's it's worth watch. Highly recommended. There'll be more on that later as well. Yeah. But seriously, if you do watch this movie, and I doubt anybody listening to us right now is actually going to watch this movie. Like this is a true Lodgecast. You're watching it through our experience. But if you do watch it, Take a shot every time there's a freeze frame because you just you're going to need it. You're going to you're going to need that numbness to get through. And here's the thing. Even if everything in this movie is stone cold factual and not the bad faith, like brain warped pro-life propaganda that it actually is, then we're just left with the merits of the filmmaking itself, which it can't be underscored enough just how cut rate it is. I have a high tolerance and I almost bailed. I almost bailed on this. Well, I, I had to do it in two sittings. I I the, uh, I did it on a Monday and Tuesday morning before work. 
because it was like homework that I had That's to make up. up dude. And and, yeah. and for work. Yeah. Mm. And the first day I thought, let me just like a band-aid right off and just like power through it. But I made it exactly 39 minutes in. 39. And and I want to tell you when I stopped it, which I think to me is like one of the salad dragons or a salad crouton, which is the abortion song. Yep, yes. that's the dragon. That's the dragon. That's the dragon. The Salad Dragon. A scene in a movie that is so bizarre, baffling, or transcendent that it instantly justifies the price of admission. Or Reese Witherspoon's leafy transformation in A Wrinkle in Time. (laughs) So, Jamie Kennedy is trying to come up with a pro-abortion jingle. And there's no way we can explain it. I just gotta play it for you. Play it. Play it out. There's a fortune in abortion, just a twist of the wrist and you're through. The population of the nation won't grow if it's left up to you. There's a fortune in abortion, it's a gold mine in the sex line, only rabbits have those habits. There's a fortune in abortion. You never bother the future father. My freaking ears! Oh. Apart from the content of the lyrics, the, so- the song itself is just atrocious. I-, I wanted to gouge my eardrums out with a number two pencil. Lucas, you were completely correct in turning it off at that point. Yeah. Like I pulled the report. I was just, I was, yeah. I was like Patrick Swayze. He was like, "See you later," and I just, <laughs> <laughs> "Adios, amigo." Well, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. There's a crouton right after it. Right after it. Solid crouton. Following this scene directly is when they come up with the slogan pro-choice. The Right to Life team hears about it. And then... Pro-choice. What an invasive, fraudulent, and deceptive term. According to recent statistics, over one million women are having illegal abortions every year in America. And over 10,000 are dying from these back alley type procedures. Now, dear listener, did you recognize the voice of the reporter? If you said deranged my pillow peddler Mike Lindell, <laughs> you'd be absolutely correct. I mean, what is what the fuck? I really what, miss what? Chris Farley because if Chris Farley was alive, he would be the perfect Mike Lindell. Like, you'll have yes. a lot of time when you're living in a van down by the river. It's it is so bizarre to see him in this. And Bishke. You and I went to this film called Unplanned. Uh, was mm-hmm. it two years ago? A couple years another, ago, yeah. Another faith-based uh, abortion film, which is, I mean... I saw it. If You you saw yeah, it, UCR? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if, if you watched <laughs> this movie and and enjoyed it in some Bookends, strange way, for sure. Unplanned is like the top of the tops. And Mike Lindell has a cameo in that one, too, in which he, with a bulldozer, just demolishes a Planned Parenthood. And then the camera tilts up and you see it's him and his trademark cross necklace glints in the sun (laughs) and he has a little monologue. I can't believe that happened. I can't believe this happened. I can't believe Mike Lindell is a thing. With a blonde wig, right? Like that was- Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's why 
hair. <laughs> he had like a, a cutesy little like f- like floppy wig on for no reason. You could still no yeah. no one's gonna be like oh yeah that makes sense for that role. <laughs> this is great. We got some more uh, celebrities that they pack in. Cameo. Fifty minutes uh, in, we get into the courtroom drama, and we have yep. Chief Justice Warren Berger, played by John Voight. John Voight. Robert Davi playing Justice William J. Brennan. Who else? We need more. You're not done. William Forsythe as Justice Potter Stewart. And? And then we have L.A. Law and Major League Zone Corbin Burnson slumming hard. And my personal favorite, Tales from the Hood. He's a long way from Tales from the Hood. <laughs> what did you guys think about the Supreme Court? In- uh, <laughs> that was the worst because I knew at least that portion was copy pasted from like Wikipedia transcripts of the actual yes. court proceedings. So I was like, fuck, this isn't going to be good. What it's like is like when Dean Kane and Christy Swanson put on a stage play <laughs> where they read the text transcripts between former FBI employees Lisa Page and Peter Strzok. And it's like, <laughs> who, like, do you guys think you're brilliant for doing that? You're just reading transcripts. Like, that's not art. And, yeah. That is not art. And charge people for it. Oh. And charge people <laughs> for those it. Are the, those are the good Trump times. <laughs> I miss. Oh, no, my God. Th- those Supreme Court moments were the moments where I totally get you guys, where they were kind of behind a monument. Be, but things were in the background. You're like, they did not pay to film in this step. Like, this, that was- and they wouldn't have been granted permits either, I hope. <laughs> Early morning, like Lincoln Memorial before the kids have to go. They're like, oh, we got to film now for 6 a.m. It's great. An AMC gremlin pulls up. Oh, yes. Who happens to be inside portraying a reporter? <laughs> but the master gremlin himself. Playing a reporter from the Washington Post named Bob. Pretty sure it's Bob Woodward that he's None playing. None other than Roger Motherfucking Stone. Roger what Stone's in this film, guys. What a get. But Vishki, oh. I, t- I had to text you. I was like that mm-hmm. little dickweed. <laughs> Roger Stone. Uh, don't Milo and Roger like totally uh, negate their morality on this? Like they're the most immoral people that yeah. you can. And, and then they're like, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. You're fine. You're conservative. Come on yeah, in. They're all great. Why? <laughs> no, everybody's righteous in this. Yeah. Uh, all right. This one hurt. This one hurt. Yeah. Supreme Court Justice Lewis Powell comes onto the scene. And I regret to inform you. That he is portrayed by none other than Steve Gutenberg. Mm. Shame on you, Goot. Shame on you, Gutenberg. He doesn't have as much screen time. Like Joey Lawrence, there's no excuse. Like and and and, and Jamie Kennedy, it's like you guys knew what yeah. you're doing. Gutenberg might have not known what he was doing because he was there for like five minutes and he was out. He had to know. He had know. to know. Yeah. We see Justice Blackman, Corbin Burnson, having dinner with his family. And as if we're not overflowing enough <laughs> with slimy cameos, who pops up as his daughter? The one and only Tommy Lauren. A.K.A. Tammy, A.K.A. Tawny, whatever you want to do to pr- mispronounce her name. That's what you got to do. But I call she's Tommy. there at the dinner table. And my eyes were about to explode when she showed up. And that's late in the game, too. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. what do you even do? Were you just happening by? Like, could you just smell like the depravity in the air and she just kind of floated in through the window. Like how, how did this all happen? They're all there. They're all there. So this is when the big twist happens. So Nick Loeb is playing this doctor, Dr. Nathanson. 
and you know business is booming he loves doing abortions i give abortions to my teacher the butcher the baker the candlestick maker i give abortions to one and all and it's great i've given abortions to my friends my colleagues even my teachers i've never had a shred of self-doubt and i've never wavered and then just out of nowhere he has this embarrassing monologue in the church where he's yelling at God, and it leads directly into an even more embarrassing meltdown scene of him in an operating room, <laughs> where he's like leaning against the wall and like and like sliding down <laughs> against the wall, like just crying, and like you can't if if you can't act and you're directing yourself. Scenes like this are, they're special. It reminded me of like the Robert Blake performance after he found his wife shot outside by Tello's yes. Italian restaurant. Where he's like, <laughs> my God, Lucas. Dead. My God, Lucas, yes. But no tears are actually like coming out. But he's like. <laughs> because he fucking shot her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what this is. And it's hard to look at, but <laughs> like it's also pretty funny. And this late in the game twist where he suddenly denounces abortion it, it it just slams to like 12 years a 12 years later title card and he's a you know born again christian or something Catholic, like yeah he he was a big anti-abortion activist in the 80s they spend like 2 minutes on that but the rest of the movie he's been like i said cosplaying on the other side and loving it, you know, like it's just a really weird feeling. And not only are there those like overdramatic scenes what we just mentioned, but there's also like other montages where it's like, yep, back to vacuuming fetuses out of a woman between a woman's legs. And they have these poor yeah. female actresses just like in these like gyno tables and their feet in stirrups. And it's like it, it is like a JFK porn parody. It's like, oh, yeah, there's stuff we're glossing over that might be too like there's an there's an abortion clinic in a hotel room and a oh, cop punches that. out a doctor during an abortion. That's I another like, crouton. That's a dark crouton. Very dark crouton. Yeah. That's a like rye Ruby Tuesdays crouton. Yeah. <laughs> so they throw some stats up at, on the screen along with a quote from Mother Teresa. Oh. And then you think we're out. You think we're done. But we got but the bibliography. If you look at the remaining runtime, you'd know we're not done. <laughs> because then it just goes pretty much scene by scene as a video bibliography, which I've never seen before. It's, That's, it's Dinesh D'Souza. It's embarrassing. Like it Lucas, like you said, it's like they're insecure. And he's still narrating. And at a certain point, he shows the actual Dr. Nathanson, but Nick Loeb is still speaking in first person. He's like, I produced a film called The Silent Scream. And your brain just rips in half at that point. Because not only did you think the movie was over and you've been sweetly released from this hell, but the bibliography is is just as bonkers as the movie. Oh. Uh, and and they and they play. They play the abortion jingle scene again. It's yes. pretty terrible. Where they're singing. They play it again. Just to kick you in the there, stomach. There was, you know? one, there was one other salad crouton uh, that I forgot to mention earlier, which was like, I think in the beginning uh, half where there was like a no-name actor. He was probably my guess, like one of the investors who wrote a check for like the <laughs> costumes or something or the catering. Yeah. Check for 50 bucks. Yeah, and and he was like a senator or like a judge and he was like, 
I'm going to read this journal, which is written from the point of view of a fetus. Oh, God. Yeah. That actually Today, happened. I am a baby in my mom's belly, and I am very happy. And then it's like January 2nd. I can feel myself growing, <laughs> you know, and then it's like January 15th. Like today, my mommy killed me. Today, my mommy killed me. Yeah, that did actually happen. And speaking of other things that actually happened, the way that they handled Jane Roe at the end oh. is oh. is baffling. Oh. And incorrect. They talk about her converting to Christianity and becoming pro-life, although... It has since come out in AK Jane Roe that she was paid to convert yeah. and manipulated by the pro-life movement. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. In, and one in of her main documents. puppet masters admits to it on camera, as does she in her literal deathbed confession. Yeah. And the way that they handle it in this bibliography, they start with a reenactment of her appearing on Nightline which is weird that they would even start to reenact it. And then they dissolve into the actual interview, uh, which is just, it's insane. It's but, weird. It's bizarre. But they completely, they completely leave out conveniently the whole part about her being manipulated and her flip-flopping back, back to her original stance. So, of course, of course they leave that out. Why, why would they cover that in the last seconds of the film? Yeah. Because then it abruptly cuts to the credits and Joey Lawrence gets top billing. Congrats, mm. Joey. Congrats, Joey. Congrats. Yeah, so I thought that so. was very telling. That means Nick Loeb grew up watching Blossom and had the same kind of reverence that I did, uh, you know, have for Mr. Lawrence. Because, yeah, I was surprised because it, it really feels more like Nick Lowe's movie or an ensemble. But Joey Lawrence gets like, yeah, all the choice quotes because it's not all the glory. real dialogue. It's just Wikipedia copy paste, you know, Mother Teresa or you would have killed Beethoven. So you would have you killed, killed yeah, Beethoven. Beethoven. Yeah. His Oscar you, scene. Congratulations. Is, uh, he's dead now. It's <laughs> Professor Joey Lawrence bringing a riddle, a quote-unquote riddle to his class about whether or not they would abort Beethoven because he was deaf. Way to go, guys. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> Clap yourselves on the back. It, it's it's the, the flip-flopping morality calls that, like, really get me because these people are never upset when people make money, but for some reason that, like, abortion song freaks freak them out that it should freak us out, right? Yeah. They're yeah. all against, oh, no, we made up those numbers about back alley abortions, but here's scenes of how people did it in hotels, very unsanitary conditions. Okay. Then and we'll use fetal pig carcasses in the buckets because oh, the, they're, the not, buckets they're not, like, of, humanoid, of, like, fetuses. Of the buckets scene. of babies, right? And the only time they ever sprung for any, like, 70s police outfits. Then they're, like, co- <laughs> Co-opting civil rights. Like, the, yeah. the, you guys have no yeah. place to co-opt civil rights. They're dunking on themselves. It's Dinesh-style dunking on themselves over and, and they over don't again. even know it. And they don't even know and it. And they don't know it. Right, and then they, they're using science, to, science DNA to argue their point. Like, it's a, definitely a human at conception. Like, do you believe that? Do you believe in science? Like, in DNA chromosomes? The grand scheme of things, yeah. yeah. And then the co-opting civil rights was really like, well, that's that, That's where they are now. I mean, they've been there, right, for a while. Yep. Like, if you look at, um, what's it, Charlie Kirk's Turning Point, 
they'll have like yeah, oh, here's, if you have to look at that yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'll he'll <laughs> he'll definitely do like oh no here's our black caucus of cons- black conservatives but yeah. then they'll do little things where they're like well you know we have a job for people who didn't have a jobs and then they when they talk about the women lawyers who argued to texas supreme court like these are women who couldn't even get jobs so which is yeah. it guys like which, which is, is it? it which is it nick <laughs> <laughs> there are literally thousands of names in the credits that i assume are gofundme backers or kickstarter the babies that were never backers. born <laughs> the ba- maybe the babies that were never born it it goes on and on and on and it's like I want to talk to every single one of them and see what they truly think about this movie. Like, if you read the glowing reviews, the plant reviews on this movie, people claim to be, you know, openly weeping with how powerful it is. And on the edge of their seat with the with the John Voight courtroom drama antics. Oh, my favorite John Voight moment was like, did you leak it? Did you leak it? And he's like, how could you ask me that? Like, no, I didn't leak it. He is just an ambulatory husk. And I almost didn't even recognize him without his scarf. You know, like he's a shadow of of a human. I don't know what the hell happened to that guy, but he chose the wrong cup. He drank poorly. You know, he chose poorly. (laughs) He He chose very poorly. Uh, any any other thoughts about this film before we before we go to these bones? I guess my only question too was if this was set up to be like an inside job conspiracy, you know, set up by yeah. pro choice key players, which is actually what the pro force birth people do. This perfect yeah. storm with these sneaky sway judges and this bumbling defense like that you're supposed to kind of glean from, you know, the the def- the ADA, the Texas ADA yelling at the other defense attorneys. Like, is this supposed to be some kind of like, look, guys, if we get it together, we can overturn Roe v. Wade because the way it happened was uh, whatever, whatever they always say, what are they like an activist Supreme right, Court. Right, judges. Yeah. yeah. Like, is that the, is that the point? Is like, is the point was not to That's entertain. That's the call to action. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's lousy propaganda, really. <laughs> it's, it's inept. It's a bummer. propaganda. It's a major yeah. bummer, especially seeing like Corbin Burnson and Robert Davi and the Goot, man. Like, these are the all goot. people. Joy Lawrence. Like, these are people that I have connections to that go way back and like things I won't even mention. Yeah. And it's like you live long enough to see legends become mortal men or whatever. And it's like you're on the wrongest side of history. Like, and it's so shocking to me that you don't know how to read the room. Like you, you have yeah. absolutely no self-awareness or concept of any reality at all beyond your own hubris and ego and just fucked up lifestyle or whatever. True. Keep that fire, LT. Let's go to them wrong side of history. Boom! I can feel the energy. Feel the All right. LT, swing through. Swing through. All right. Our listeners know me well enough by now. Hi, Sister Emma. This is definitely a wolf. And let me break down. It's, it's, it's because what Brother Bishke mentioned at the very top of the episode, like this is JFK porn parody without the porn. Yes. And it's like if you're not going to try and tell 
a legitimate, coherent story that that adheres to some kind of format or rules to like make it accessible or understandable on some level, as opposed to just logoria, psychobabble, propaganda bullshit that like is some kind of porno for you, obviously, because you're in every scene and narrating. But for me, it's not getting me off. So like, I would rather watch porn than watch this. So this is a woof. This is a zero. Woof. And Lucas has a stress ball in his hand the entire episode, (laughs) squeezing away. I love it. Sister ECR, say your piece. Oh, my goodness. Well, like I'm about to take some blown up pictures of prostate cancer to some abortion (laughs) protest because the bullshit part here is that they think they're psyching (laughs) us out. But if any doctor described to you any procedure, we'd all be freaked out. It's gross. It's gross to open up the human body. And that is so it's 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 you know, what's going to be used. It's low. Fine. Um, I think it's Loeb. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he is the new Loeb. What's interesting here, I think, is they're appealing to this new demographic, this movie for the idiots of the world that think they're smart. They want someone who's of like average intelligence. Um, I think I've heard this before, but have you guys ever heard that the you know, the people who are calling people up saying, I'm, I'm, I'm a American overseas, send me some money. Um, they try <laughs> to actually send those texts with a purposeful spelling mistake so that oh. they catch you. Like they know that if you're going to ignore a spelling mistake, you're going to ignore a lot. That's true. So this is for those people like (laughs) they want below average intelligence. But the caveat is that these people think they're smart. So when you have all this wash of like nonsensical morality slash information (laughs) quotes. um, (laughs) Truthiness. Yeah. You're going to be like, this makes a little bit of sense to me. And I think giving it a wolf is like. Is giving it power, Lucas? It's too nice. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so I'm going to just half bone it for the Joey wow. Russo and uh, Dion trading anti-abortion quotes like Pogs, washed up 90s star <laughs> power. It's bad, though, for sure. Don't watch it. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. We dodged the Finn Wolfhard. I, I, I thought we were going for a Finn Wolfhard, but oh, okay. I, I, I had it. I had it pre-prescribed, but I love that. That's a Roger Ebert Memorial half bone. He would love to be part of taking away the power that the wolf would have given it. So yeah. congrats on that. I think I think that's the way to go. <laughs> yeah, because now if we don't wolf hard this one, it has no historical value in the legacy of this podcast it's not it's nothing which it should be i mean you know it's a bad conservative movie when the right-wing media is not even covering this like fox news there's no interview no new interviews with nick Loeb. nobody's actually according to a podcast i listened to today reaching out to random podcasters to try to review it oh um, man Hi, Nick. Hi. Hi, Nick. Hope you like our podcast. (laughs) Reach out to Louise Linton. (laughs) None of the stars in the movie have promoted it. It's been buried, and it's kind of too bad because there are laughs to be had. Yeah, um, there know, are with, with with the porn parody and bittersweet laughs. You know, the script reads like Wikipedia many times, and <laughs> a lot of hilarious performances, hilarious wigs. Oh, I'm sorry, Bishki. There was one more actor I forgot to mention, Smalls from The Sandlot. 
I grew up with. Like that was another heartbreaking actor. Yeah, was he was oh, the he, he was the, the kid that moved to the neighborhood and had to like make friends with the other baseball players. But like, you're killing me, Smalls. Like he he was the priest. He was kind of like was the Catholic the, priest. That oh, was a man. terrible. Yeah, it was rough. That was, man, that, that, that was another part of my soul dying with these performances. Uh, rough. Yeah. So many rough, hilarious performances. ADR, music, editing, direction, all hilarious. I did oh, appreciate... The ADR, <laughs> the ADR is some of the worst, the worst that we've encountered on, yeah. This, yeah. on this podcast, by the way. I did appreciate how quickly the movie moved from one bad scene to another, but it's it's bad <laughs> it propaganda. It was two hours. <laughs> it was yeah. two Dear hours. Lord. You can't appreciate <laughs> no. that. Come but, on, but, but we didn't get stuck in the courtroom, thank God. It wasn't oh, just yeah. cut and paste Wikipedia in a courtroom for the last hour, which I thought it was going to be. But um, it's not going to have any effect on Roe v. Wade, but I'm still worried about it being overturned. I think uh, I can't morally give this anything higher than a woof. Woof. Yeah. That's right. That's two woofs and a half. The only reason you would ever physically put your eyeballs in front of this movie is to gawk at the right-wing pundits attempting to act alongside the freak show of Hollywood outcasts. One reviewer on Letterboxd that I really like called the cast the Avengers of fucking morons, which I think (laughs) is pretty accurate. Uh, And usually, usually, like, I would throw something with this much short-circuiting, low-wattage star power, like a bone, just for curiosity's sake, but I really, I can't do that this time. It takes a page right out of the Me You Madness Louise Linton playbook because the marketing materials that Nick Loeb personally has put together and put on his Instagram have pulled a quote from the extremely negative New York Times review that it, it, doesn't, it doesn't mention anything critically. It just mentions like half a plot point. The quote is, a physician's change of heart. The New York Times <laughs> and physicians is randomly capitalized and there's no apostrophe <laughs> whatsoever. So great job, Nick. Great job. Quality, Nick. Quality. Oh, clean up aisle four. It has also won some awards. And I looked into these awards. I went to their websites. It won best historical film at the Cannes World Film Festival. Cannes World Film Festival. The New York Movie Awards bestowed it Best Feature Film, and the Sweden Film Awards also gave it Best Feature Mm. Film. Now, these websites give out monthly awards, (laughs) and you can buy the trophy on each site. And have it say whatever the hell you want. Oh, nice. There's a drop-down menu. It's like, you want best feature? You want best actor? What's the name of your film? We'll engrave it on there. 250 lira or whatever. Yeah, we, need to buy some, we need to buy some podcast awards, man. We need to. We do. Oh, man. So, in closing, Nick Loeb is right up there or down there with that shameless, disingenuous propaganda huckster Dinesh D'Souza. Snake oil salesman, man. Pass him a quaddy. And just like Dinesh before him, the only rating that this sacred lodge cast can bestow is a woof. 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 Fuck you, Nick Loeb. Fuck you, Nick. Fuck. Hey, Nick, I, I will debate you if, you if you're listening. I will debate you over the... Per- legal personhood of your frozen embryos with Sofia Vergara if yes. you want to. Yeah. 
<laughs> Get him, Bishki. Get him. Bring it. We could have done a whole four quad. What do you call it? A quad wolf. But I can't. It's just someone's no, going to watch love it. it. I love okay. it. I love it. We can't That's give it more. That's the love and light, in. ECR. That uh, is the, the love and light. Yeah. That is, you are you are making me <laughs> smile you. with joy right now. It's the perfect coup de gras for Nick Loeb's crapster piece. We'd love to have you back on, Sister ECR. Next time we bring you back, maybe it'll be something a little more, I don't know, lighthearted. I don't know which way the winds it's are going to blow. It's got to be a Diane Keaton Palms affair. <laughs> no, I mean, what... Whatever ECR wants, like whatever you want. The Christian movies are great to me. I need yeah, okay. that. Horror movies too, but same same coin, same two sides of the same coin. Yeah. We gotta have you and Sister Emily on to double team a Christian romantic comedy or something. Or a that lifetime, would be, uh, a lodge cast of a lifetime. Yes, that would be a dream team for me. Like we'll make it happen. Thank you. We survived, y'all. Oh my god. Uh, courts adjourned. Dismissed. <laughs> It's so adjourned, so dismissed. Love and light to everybody who made it through this episode. Uh, Oh, man. Joey Russo. Testicle head.